the world is in search of these dinosaurs, of these people who do demonstrate gratitude, and the world will be a much nicer place if, if we have gratitude. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast, the podcast that's designed to break the stigma around mental health and to create some hope and inspiration and give some practical tips to those that are struggling with mental health, whether it's from personal stories to break the stigma or some advice from professionals in the mental health community. Whether you are struggling with mental health on your own or you know a loved one that is struggling, we are here to support you and to create a community so you you know you are not alone. The road to recovery can be difficult and challenging. At Hope to Recharge, we believe that in mental health, together is always better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for joining me here today. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Are you looking for online therapy? Are you stuck at home like everyone else? High stress, high anxiety, worried about the future, trying to navigate everything, have a lot of worries, had a lot of emotional roller coaster rides up and down, just like me. BetterHelp.com is one phone call away, one Zoom call away, one text away. It's an online platform for therapy. It's so perfect for now, for coronavirus, for what people are going through now. We can reach out and get the perfect therapist that meets our needs. Don't wait. Check them out. See if you can find somebody. Don't struggle. They're so affordable. They are so affordable. You're sitting at home. Every therapist is working online now. Reach out and get help you need. If you are struggling, don't struggle in silence. I am so grateful that they are giving us 10% off the first month so you can get affordable access to therapy. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge, start your wellness, get help, get support you need. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast, Attitude of Gratitude Thursday. Today, I have my dear, beloved, special father that I've been speaking about almost every Attitude of Gratitude episode. And since we're coming up on episode number 100 of Hope to Recharge, I thought it would be so appropriate to introduce my father that taught me so much about gratitude and gave us drip therapy through growing up all about the importance of gratitude and um, living with gratitude. And I wanted to bring you um, his voice live that you can hear from him. And I also want to hear from him because a lot of the questions that I asked myself about my father, I don't really know the answers to. So I asked him as a uh, as a finale for this year, if he can join us. So he is joining us now live from Jerusalem. And I want to, before I, before I say hello, Abba, by the way, I call him Abba. Before I say hello, I want to just um, give a moment of gratitude gratitude for this episode being done through Zoom. And in my wildest dreams, if not for coronavirus and for you being so available now at home and the need for us to see you every day through Zoom, if not for coronavirus, you would not even challenge yourself to understand Zoom and to connect with us here. So another silver lining of gratitude to coronavirus that introduced you to Zoom. And now we can have this recording through Zoom without you having anxiety and me having anxiety and we can just press play and we're familiar with it. So what do you say, Abba? Is that an interesting moment of gratitude? There is a lot of reason for gratitude. However, you're exaggerating my technical know-how 
I am computer and Zoom ignorant. Without Ima's help, I wouldn't even be able to get to it. I do know how to the Z in order to access Zoom. After that, I need Ima's help. But once Ima sets me up with this, I'm able to do it. I am technologically and very, very ignorant and illiterate, but I work it out because I have, I have a very good helper. And we're grateful to Ima. And we're also grateful that um, sure. Ima learns quickly. So she learned Zoom and now we meet every day. My audience knows that we meet with you almost every day on Zoom as a family. All the children from Israel and America, us from America and grandchildren gather together and we talk through Zoom and we share some jokes, some Bible inspiration um, thought, um, sometimes singing and lots of gratitude. So Abba, thank you for joining me here today. I really appreciate your time. I know that it's really late by you. It's like 1030 at night. Thank you for giving me this time. It's a privilege and a pleasure to speak with you and to see you. Thank you. So Abba, growing up, one of the big, big lessons that I think all of your children took away and friends of ours know very well that when we grew up, gratitude, and in Hebrew, it's called hakarat hatov, is something that is non-negotiable by you. And and I was thinking today when I was going to ask you which questions I'm going to ask you, I was thinking, you know what? The interesting part about our growing up, the gratitude was more with letters and verbal acknowledgements. You didn't have the finances to give lavish gifts or extraordinary um, physical gifts to people as gratitude, but you were very into verbal and literature of gratitude, especially notes and, and hand words of gratitude. And I was thinking that it's such a big lesson that you taught us that gratitude can be shown even with words and letters. What was it that drove you to to make sure that this is something your kids really leave home with and they know that it's something that is really non-negotiable, that when you are a true person, you need to live with gratitude to others. I'm not talking about to God yet. I'm talking about if someone did something kind to you, if somebody helped you, you must show gratitude. You would like to know the roots of it? I would, yeah. I would like to know why, what was, what is the root behind it? And why was it like out of, there's so many things that parents want to teach children, so many things. This was something that was, it was really, really like ingrained in us and each and every one of us, we live all over the place. We all have it and we take it with us in life and we give it to our children. So you did a very good job with a drip therapy of gratitude and, and just keep on telling us about it. But what was it that you think that, that you said is so important? I want my children to practice gratitude and to be able to live with gratitude. Matana, you're Zaydi, whom you did not have the opportunity to meet because he passed away several years before I met Ima. Before I met your mother, Yuzedi Arava from Ari Pupko of Blessed Memory was a synagogue rabbi and a community rabbi. And the members of his community were not particularly learned or intelligent, but they were Baalei Melacha. They were craftsmen or they had retail businesses. Some of them were property owners. Very few of them, very few of them showed gratitude to my father for his personal sacrifices when it came to them as individuals families or as members of the community. It could be said with great truth that the problem that not the problem, the problem with my roots of gratitude, this the problem, is that it started off in the negative. What I mean is I saw how much my father suffered, sometimes in silence and sometimes he articulated the pain that he felt when he was the victim of 
ingratitude, sometimes of gross, harsh ingratitude. And I suffered watching how he suffered from these, from these incidents and from this attitude that what you do for me, Rabbi, you do because you have to. And since you have to do it, I don't owe you any gratitude. This wasn't articulated, but it was demonstrated by the way they behave. And I couldn't tolerate the suffering that my father endured because of this ingratitude. There are several incidents in which I saw, I witnessed my father performing acts which were above and beyond the call of duty or the moral ethical imperative. I remember an incident very clearly that my father traveled around 45 minutes in the city of Philadelphia in order to deliver something to somebody. And it didn't seem that significant that he should have to travel that far in the city in order to do this. And I asked him, Daddy, why did we have to go all the way out of the way? I never even saw that person in our house. We never visited him. I don't know who he is. What is it that you had to, that you felt compelled to go that far in order to deliver this particular commodity, this item? And he said, Yoshala, I hardly know the man, but I do know that his father in Europe did a very significant favor for your Zeta, for my father. And I can't let that go by unanswered when there was something that I was able to do for him that others were either incapable of doing or unwilling to do. Those who were capable were unwilling. Those who were willing were incapable. I, Avramari Popko, was both capable and willing to do it in consideration of the fact that the Popko family owed him a sign of gratitude. And I'm going to reserve that word a sign of gratitude, because that's not what I mean. What I mean is gratitude. Because we owe them gratitude, nobody else was both willing and able. So I did it. That was one demonstration. And there were so many things in our family for which my mother of blessed memory, my father of blessed memory, that they went out of the way because they felt it was gratitude. At this moment, I'm going to go back to the word a sign of gratitude. Rav Shlomo Fisher and one of his drushes said, Can you, you use English, just... Abba, can you use English words for the people that do not Absolutely. Know Rabbi Shlomo Fisher, in one of his public lectures, and he said, and you might disagree with this, and you're legit, it's legitimate to disagree with it. He said, the highest mark of ingratitude is insisting on demonstrating your thanks with an act immediately. Because that's the way of saying, I don't want to have to remember that I owe you a favor. I don't want to go around with, excuse the expression, the burden of having to show gratitude. So there's the act of gratitude, there's, and there's the actual feeling of gratitude. If the act of gratitude is one part of the entire puzzle, mosaic of gratitude, then that's fine. If the act of gratitude is to be finished with it, I don't want to have to, I know that you did me a favor. I know that you did me a kindness. I know that I owe you. And I want to pay it right away so it shouldn't be a burden around my neck. It shouldn't be a yoke on my shoulders. Gratitude has to be, as you, my precious Matanase, an attitude, not just an act. It's in, the, in our Torah, we're taught about the importance of gratitude in several occasions. Two of the most famous ones are Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Adam had been instructed, do not eat from the tree of knowledge. Eve convinced him that he should eat from that tree, eat from the fruit, from the, the forbidden fruits 
of that tree among the Almighty said to Adam, Adam, did you eat from the tree which I had prohibited, prohibited you from partaking in it? Adam did not say yes. Adam said, the woman whom you gave me, she gave me a fruit from the tree and I ate it. Commentaries on the Bible tell us right away. Here, Adam showed gross ingratitude, not just ingratitude, but gross ingratitude. I, thought the Almighty, saw that you were alone, and I provided you with a wife, and you say it's the fault of the wife whom I gave you, the fault of the woman whom I gave you. That's gross ingratitude. This is one case. Another case, hundreds of years later, we're told that Joseph, the great-grandson of Abraham, the son of Jacob, had gone to Egypt, and in Egypt he became the viceroy, and he saved the entire Egyptian nature, nation and culture from a famine. And then we're told that a subsequent pharaoh, king of, king of Egypt, did not recognize, did not know Joseph. I mean, he did not know Joseph. The reason that, that Egypt was the crown jewel of ancient culture is because of Joseph. Instead of becoming impoverished, they were the wealthiest and the most advanced culture because of Joseph. Subsequently, Pharaoh says, who is God that I should have to listen to him? And our rabbis tell us in the literature, from this we see that if a person dares demonstrate ingratitude towards his fellow man, there's no stopping him from demonstrating the same ingratitude to the Almighty. Mm. These, are, these are the steps that we follow in order to make sure that we have gratitude. Years ago, when I lived in Israel, and you were already in, in New York, I visited you, and you took me to a major, a major pharmacy, which means that they sell thousands of things. And I asked them for a roll of film. And the clerk said, a roll of film? Are you a dinosaur? <laughs> a roll of film? Said you, I said, I could give you instructions to a museum. Very often, I feel that gratitude is a dinosaur. It's gone. If you want to see gratitude, you have to go to the Museum of Dinosaurs and Gratitude and Rolls of Film. Hmm. Because it's just no longer around. And this makes life very convenient. If a person doesn't have gratitude, his life has less burdens. And I'm very, very disturbed by that. And I would consider myself an abject failure if any of my children or offspring adopted a policy that what he did, he did for his own good. I don't owe him any gratitude. I try to tell my students and my children the story of the man who threw a rock at another person, really wanted to hurt him. He wasn't Sandy Koufax. You probably don't know who Sandy Koufax is. He was a major league pitcher, one of the best in the world. He threw a rock at the man and missed the man. And the rock hit the head of a snake and killed the snake. In my opinion, even though his intention was to hurt you, the result was that you benefited. The snake that was right next to you was killed. You owe him gratitude. On the other hand, if he throws the rock at the snake, and because he's a bad thrower, he's a bad pitcher, he hits you. After you tend to your sword, you have to demonstrate gratitude to him. He tried his best. In the case in which both the intention and the result were positive, you must, you must not show gratitude. You must adopt an attitude of gratitude towards this man for eternity, or at least for the rest of your life.
And if unfortunately you don't have opportunities to help or to show gratitude towards the person who helped you, you do have some mortal responsibility to watch out for his offspring or his father or his mother. We would like to have a world in which gratitude is prime. I have a lot of questions. First of all, you articulated that as always so beautifully. And it gives me a little bit more understanding about the passion behind gratitude, that it's more that you want, you're, you're continuing your father's legacy and you want his legacy to continue. The In order to avoid the pain that he received, at least we should be the part of joy and something good in your father's legacy. Maybe there's that's a lot the of, motive. There's a lot of truth to that. I would like, I would like people, if anybody, any person, people articulate to me that I am a dinosaur, that I have gratitude, I would like to give the proper respect and honor to my parents and say, this is what we learned. In the same way that I know how to eat Cheerios with a spoon, I know that gratitude is important. I learned both. From my parents. Neither is natural. Gratitude is not, is absolutely not a natural part of the human psyche or existence. It has to be learned or adopted. It simply is not. Animals do show gratitude sometimes, but people have to be taught it. I think I remember that from my coach, um, the Mr. Thank You Project. I think he said that gratitude is something you have to teach. And if you put a child somewhere in a desert, he will not know gratitude. He will learn certain things of survival, but gratitude will not be something that he picks up on on his own. And it's something that has to be taught. That's, he's Either I am echoing what he said, or he's echoing what I said. Yeah. But even if they're not congruent, they're similar enough to be compatible. So my my next question to you is why? I actually think that we're, we are living in a world full of gratitude, especially in our generation, my generation, the last 10 years, I see an abundance of gratitude. Why do you feel that gratitude is in the museum's ancient, ancient history and not something that we live properly? Is what we are living and experiencing now as your children, when I say we, is the children, your offsprings, do you think it's fake gratitude? It's not sincere? Oh, bro, thanks. Thank the Almighty. It is not fake. It is not false. It's not fabricated. It's genuine. But we're a family of dinosaurs in a in a world of in a world of snakes. Do you really feel that? Very much. It's just too in a world in which children are so pampered that they get everything that they want beyond reason. They they lose the sensitivity to gratitude because they feel. I deserve it. It's coming to me. 20, 35 years ago, your uncle Moshe was teaching in a school, and the school had a program and had a project in which children were expected to tell a story. Each day, a different one was expected to tell a story about not wasting. That The project said that wasting food or money, and wasting is very close to stealing. You shouldn't waste things. So one of the boys came and he told the story about how he taught his father not to waste. Then my father was going to buy me a bicycle and we went to the shop and he said, how is this bicycle? And the bicycle had seven, eight or nine accessories above and beyond the conventional bicycle. And this is what the boy says. said, I told my father, we learned in school that you're not supposed to waste. And if you buy this bicycle from me, that'll be a waste because that other bicycle 
has 13 or 14 accessories. And within a month, I'm going to be tired of this bicycle and I'm going to want that bicycle and I'm going to bother you and bother you until you get it from me. So it's a waste for you to get this bicycle. This boy, 11 years old, taught his father a lesson and now not to waste. Because mm. if I get the bicycle with nine accessories, I'm going to be tired of it within a month or so. Mm-hmm. This is this is how pampered they were. Another another boy, my brother told me, your uncle Moshe, came in. He said, "I taught my mother how not to waste." The store, the grocery store, has a sale that you can get two loaves of bread, two loaves of sliced bread, or the price of one and a half. Now, my mother, she came home with two sli- two packages of bread of sliced bread, and I said to her, "Mother." How could you waste money like that and buy two slices, two packages of bread? You know that I don't eat day-old bread. Mm. So tomorrow, you're going to have to throw out the second bag, and either I or you or daddy will have to go to the store to buy another, another package of bread. This is the way the children have been raised, and this was 30 years ago. It's very possible that this young man today is already a grandfather, and this is, this is the way they were raised. And that... Imagine, in my worst nightmares, what this boy's children get from their parents and how much gratitude they show to their parents. They're every, the children today are so pampered that they consider everything that they get as something which they richly deserve, for which they don't have to say thank you. There was an incident, which I told you many times, about a mother and a child who were in a cab. And when the mother got out of the cab with the child, it was a what we have shared cab. It's almost like a minibus, a shared cab. The mother, the mother got out with the, with the child and the mother said to the child, the mother said, thank you to the cab driver. And the mother said to the child, please say thank you to the driver. And the boy said, driver, thank you. They left. I was still in the cab and there were other people in the cab. And one of them says, that's so nice. The way she raised the child who shows credit. It's, it's hardly seen nowadays. And another passenger in the cab said, what do you mean told her, taught her child to be, to show gratitude? Told him to say thank you. It wasn't natural to him to say thank you. And a third person interrupted and said, where does education begin? It begins at that age. That you tell him when he's seven, say thank you. You tell him when he's eight, say thank you. By the time he's nine, he knows to say thank you. And these are things which people, even adults, they feel that if a mother says to the child, say thank you, that's already a demonstration that the child has no gratitude. He wouldn't have said it without the mother. He was seven years old at the time. Right. And, and this, is, this, is the, this is gratitude. This is, and these are things that we, ha- we, don't, we don't see nowadays. On one occasion, I said thank you to a bus driver and someone who was sitting next to me. He seemed to, he was. He was a cultured, educated, intelligent person. And I got up and I said in a high voice. hag. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, driver. And the man took me by the wrist, very lightly, very friendly. And he said, didn't you pay for the ride? I paid for the ride. said, so why do you have to say thank you? I cannot believe that. The implication that this is the worst scenario. This is the worst scenario I'm telling you now. The implication is, if you're saying thank you, 
everybody in the bus is going to think that you snuck onto the bus and didn't pay. Because if you would have paid, you wouldn't have to say thank you. I, I, I beg to differ that he was educated. I don't think that's an, huh. I don't think anybody educated could say such a thing. It just, I don't know, that sounds very, like my mouth would drop if I heard that. That's not the norm. That's not the normal. Usually, you you know, you have uh, people know you. We grew up. And when I was very little, I used to be mortified. But we grew up that my my father never owned a car. And he, we always took buses. And my father many, many times hitchhiked. Many, 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 many. He hitchhiked first. And if he couldn't get a ride, he would, he would um, cave into a bus. But we, we, would, we grew up that our father was the one getting off the back door screaming, thank you, driver. That was the, the claim to fame of our father. When we were young, we were mortified about it. Why is our father this lunatic that thinks that it's so cool to scream from the back of the bus, thank you. But but the truth is that every single driver loved my father and looked forward to meeting my father and seeing him. And it was their joy of their day when when Abba came on the bus because they finally got a real gratitude. And it was always with a smile and a sincere. And you told them a joke or you, you interacted with them. But growing up, it was like a, a moment of like, oh no, is our father going to humiliate us? Uh, but you were known as the person that that very loudly says thank you. And I think maybe the world wasn't ready for such an outspoken gratitude because maybe they were uncomfortable with the fact that you think a bus driver. But I think a lot of people think bus drivers, but maybe quietly. Okay, that's very likely. I will tell you two more incidents and encounters. Number one, there a bus driver. I was standing next to a bus driver and he said, I know that you're going to say thank you before you leave, but you should know that you're one in a thousand who says thank you. Hmm. And I said to him, my beloved brother, bus driver, you know that that's an exaggeration. You know that many people say thank you, but you feel that it's nobody because of all the people who come in and out, in and out, and don't. But you know that many people do. And he lifted his eyebrows and he said, you're right, but it's still very few. But it's, I told him, it might be few. First of all, it's probably not very few. Well, it's few. And also, it's not one in a thousand. And he said, you're right. You're right. But it's still nice to hear. Now, you know, and my children know, that I buy little snacks in order to distribute to the soldiers in the Israel Defense Forces. I myself served in the Israel Defense Forces with a reserve duty period of around 11 years. Don't think that I'm a tried and tested uh, General Patton. I was a soldier who, with great difficulty, was able to put on the uniform correctly. But, <laughs> was a, but I was a soldier. And I was once court-martialed for the... Uh, but not for terrible things. I was court-martialed, <laughs> and, and I was... And it was the, the entire proceeding was nine minutes. I know that soldiers in the Israel Defense Forces feel hungry for a snack and feel deprived of the feeling of gratitude from the people. That's what I know. Therefore, I go around with snacks. And when I see soldiers, I offer them a snack. And I say, in my name, in the name of the family, we would like to thank you for your devoted service to the people. It's because of you and your brothers and sisters, comrades in arms, that we are able to send our children to kindergarten, to the playground. I'm able to go to work. We're able to travel in the buses with a sense of security because of your devotion, and your personal sacrifice. And I thank you very much. There are different reactions. 
sometimes, and these are male and female soldiers, sometimes they will say, why, thank you very much. Sometimes they'll say, no, thank you. I said, is it because of a diet? He says, no, I don't eat it. So on those occasions, I say, so take it for your girlfriend. He says, I don't have a girlfriend. I look at him, said, really? He says, so take it for your mother. He says, no, this one told me, this 22-year-old told me, said, no, my mother's pregnant. She doesn't eat this. I said, okay. He said, so take it for your grandmother and tell her that a grateful citizen gave it to you as gratitude, as thanks for your service. It will make her feel good that your that somebody thanked you. And again, you have a case where he lifts his eyes and he says, you're right, I'll take it and I will give it to my grandmother. Then there are those who say to me, your thanks is much sweeter than any thank, than any sweet, than any treat that you could give me. And it's very nice to hear somebody thank us. From that, I get a feeling that it's rare rather than common to for them to hear gratitude. And it gives me such a warm and wonderful feeling. And there was, there was one who refused, a, a young lady, she refused and refused. Said, no, I don't need it on this. And so I said, but okay, so take it for your boyfriend. He said, she says, okay, so I'll take it from my boyfriend. I said, I'm not going to take it for my boyfriend. Give me a second one for me. He said, wonderful. I'll be very happy to give to you and for your boyfriend. And tell him it's from someone who appreciates your service to both the people and to the country. It's a very painful thing to endure and experience ingratitude. And it's a very wonderful thing to know that God bless them. My children do have what you call an attitude of gratitude. The world is in search of these dinosaurs, of these people who do demonstrate gratitude and the world will be a much nicer place if, if we have gratitude. We do have in the ancient scriptures, which are still relevant today, although we do not have the temple in Jerusalem, the concept that under certain circumstances a, that we may or should offer a sacrificial, a, a Thanksgiving sacrifice. This particular sacrificial, this sacrifice must be consumed completely before midnight following the offering of the sacrifice. So let us assume that you offer the sacrifice at 8.30 in the morning. That gives you approximately 16 hours to consume the entire, the entire animal, plus many, many loaves of bread, many loaves of bread. And the rabbis ask, why are we instructed to consume it so quickly? And they tell us such an important lesson. If you're going to finish that, that sacrifice, the meat of the sacrifice and the breads in 16 hours, the only way you could do that is to invite friends to the celebration. If you invite friends to the celebration, they'll say to you, a child became engaged, is that it? A birthday party, anniversary, uh, perhaps a wedding. What is it that you're having a celebration? And say, I'm having a celebration because I owe a debt of gratitude to the Almighty. I went to the temple and I offered a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I would like you to join me so that nothing should be left over, that we could finish it by midnight. And these people gather around and we talk about 
thanksgiving. We talk about all the kindness, generosity, and graciousness of the Almighty. And then the conversation rolls on, and some people talk about, about kindnesses that other people perform for them, and that they're grateful for this, and they're grateful for that. And it spreads like a virus, the, the idea, and people not contaminated, but people are affected by the thought that the Almighty, who doesn't eat a bit of this meat, expects a sacrifice, which you and the priests in the temple will be eating. He expects a sacrifice for Thanksgiving, and it's a moral and ethical lesson that we have to demonstrate gratitude. And it does generate the generate a lot of thoughts among the guests and among your family and within yourself that gratitude is a beautiful thing. And you might even get to the level that you feel that gratitude is a moral, categorical imperative in our lives, whether it's convenient or not. And we should show gratitude and not be afraid that it's difficult to get a suit for a dinosaur, so you're a dinosaur, you work it out. But you are, you are expected to show gratitude. And I do believe very strongly that even a person who has no commitment to the Almighty will benefit from demonstrating gratitude to his fellow human being, and that his children will see from a shining example that demonstrations of gratitude and attitude of gratitude is a positive thing which they will thirst and hunger to inherit years after you've, they've seen you demonstrate it, and you yourself as a parent will see that you will reap and harvest the benefits of having demonstrated gratitude to your parents, because they, in turn, will treat you with the respect and deference that you would both like and, Lord willing, deserve. I want to make something very clear to the audience. I think this is my first time in my life, seriously, in my life, in my father's making a face, that my father ever said something positive about his children to an audience. He always said something positive about his children to his children. He was very, very, very against raising his offsprings to others. He always told us how much he's proud of us personally, but he never, ever, ever publicly said something positive about his children to others. Am I correct, Abba? Please correct me if I'm wrong. My brother, Rabbi Moshe, told that there's a concept in court, there's a concept in court called guilty with explanation. You got me into a corner. But is this so true? I was, I was, I'm like in shock. I, I don't even know what to do with myself because I don't think my father ever praised us, but not because he didn't want to praise us. He never thought that anybody needs to hear our praise besides, besides ourselves and him and my mother. And this is like such an uncomfortable situation because I feel like my father is like um, putting us on a pedestal and this feels so wrong from the concept of where I grew up because I don't want to feel like we're the only dinosaurs. I feel like the world is full of dinosaurs. I know that I surround myself with dinosaurs, but maybe you mean percentage-wise in the world that we're like dinosaurs. But It's, it's called in, in my lexicon statistically a, a minority which is statistically insignificant. Okay. And as far as <laughs> I do, as Usual, Matana, you <laughs> lubricated, you lubricated the path in a way 
that instead of making my trip easy, I slipped into doing something which I do not cherish doing, but I'm not embarrassed that I did it. Because in this particular case, you are the host. And I also taught you to be obedient to what your host asks you, or alternatively, leave. And I wouldn't want to leave. <laughs> no, but I, I'm actually like excited that I finally got a public acknowledgement from my father about, about doing something right. I was always very jealous of um, our friends that um, their parents were um, publicly so proud of them. But further on in life, I understood when I became a parent that the truth is the only person that needs to know is the child and the parent and maybe the siblings to learn from them. But Definitely not others. So I, I appreciate now, now that I'm an adult, I can appreciate that. But I just thought it was like interesting to have the two extremes that I grew up with in one conversation. And they're a little bit contradicting what I, what I uh, grew up with, but it's fine. It's fine. I just want to say that I do believe that there's many more out there. Maybe you're not aware of them, but maybe they're not crossing your path. And maybe, and I want to, I, this was one of my next um, question. Do you feel that the, the pain of ingratitude, is that the word ingratitude? Yes. Is so strong that sometimes the action of gratitude cannot um, cannot replace the pain and the, the, the magnitude of someone being ungrateful. So maybe you experience so much pain with a lack of gratitude that the pain is consuming the positive of gratitude that is going on in the world. I don't think so. I think that I see it the way it is. Okay. But I, there's a story which is told both in the Jewish world and in the non-Jewish world. In the Jewish world, it's told about community rabbis. And in the non-Jewish world, it's told about politicians. And let's say that we're talking about the person, either the rabbi or the politician. At one point, the entire assembly was gathered in order to condemn, criticize, and, rep and reprimand the person, either the politician or the rabbi. And the rabbi was there with his associate, or the politician was there with his aide. And they started, the crowd started picking up stones. And the person was being attacked looked at the crowd and said, I could understand why each one of these people is picking up a stone in order to throw it at me, except for Sam over there. I can't understand why Sam would want to throw a stone at me. In my life, I never did him a favor. <laughs> why does he said all the other people, I was, I was, did them favors and in many cases, it was personal sacrifice, so I could understand why they would want to hurt me. But in my life, I never did him a favor. Why does he want to hurt me? On that note, no deed, no good deed goes unpunished. So, do you think? Do you think that it's really engraved in us that when we owe gratitude to somebody, it's a pain, it's it's a heavy load? Like you started in the beginning, saying that we want to get rid of the gratitude, that we won't be, won't need to owe them anything because we're we're taking it along with us, like as a burden. Do you really believe that we carry it as a burden? We, my children, no, the, uh, a human, humankind. It depends what uh, depends on their upbringing. There's some people who read in literature that you're supposed to show gratitude. So they want, as Rabbi Fisher said, they want to repay the act of kindness immediately. So they should not have a debt of gratitude. But there are, there are people in the world who actually 
enjoy showing gratitude. And that's very nice. But it's, it really is, it really is rare. It could be that there'll be a revolution and that people, there are going to be more and more people. I will tell you that 30 years ago, there were only two people that I knew who said thank you to the bus drivers. Now I see many, many people. And it could be that this is part of a universal attitude that you should say thank you, despite the fact that you paid for the ride. And it could be that there's, there's a gratitude revolution. And we yeah. will be very grateful to our and the Almighty. And youngsters have to remember that not only do they have to love, honor, and cherish their parents, they must articulate gratitude to their parents for the slightest thing. It is improper that a child who's living at home, above the, if he's above the age of nine, it's improper that he should go through an entire day from morning till dusk or later without saying thank you at least once to each of his parents. Even if he has to think real hard, what am I going to, what am I going to thank my parents for? And once he starts thinking, he could, it could snowball into so many things for which he owes gratitude. But children very often take it for granted what the, the acts of kindness that their parents do for them to the point that they say, oh, you never do anything for me, which is very, it happens, but it's improper. I have a hard time with that. Even though I'm very, I, I think I show a tremendous amount of gratitude to my parents, but it wasn't, all, it wasn't always like that when I was young, definitely not. Um, but at, for my children, I feel as much as I tell them, I preach what you taught me that they have to be grateful and they are grateful, not perfect, far from perfect, but I have a hard time with the fact that I chose bringing children to the world. I didn't ask them if they want to be my children. I didn't ask them if they want to come to this world. I brought them to the world for me and I'm going to, and I'm, I'm totally not going to argue that I bought it first. I did not bring it as a spiritual um, concept to populate the world. I really bought it because I wanted children. I wanted to give, and I have a hard time telling them to be grateful to me when it was my decision to bring them to the world. And they're, they're part of my, um, my existence until they're 18 and decide to go further on. But how do I tell them? And it's a, it's a very hard concept for me to, to tell my children not only to be grateful, but to, to listen to me if this, and this is something that I struggle with a lot. And I know that I'm probably wrong with it in the, in the concept of raising children, but how can I demand gratitude from them if I brought them to the world for basically for my joy, for my, me continuing myself to my, me giving to somebody else for me having a family? How does that work out? You are not asking them to show gratitude for having brought them into the world. If you do them a kindness, then as a pedagogue, as the teacher, as the mentor, it's proper for you to train them to be grateful and to articulate their gratitude. If you do not tell your children to say thank you for your kindnesses, you're not losing anything as long as you say thank you every time Ari, your husband, does you a favor, every time the mailman does you a favor, every time the milkman does you a favor, every time the cashier gives you change, you say, you say, thank you. I do not recall either of my parents ever telling me 
that I owe them gratitude or even respect. They never told me that. I saw them thanking everybody. I saw my, my father thank his parents. I merited Baruch thank God. I had the merit of knowing my father's parents and we would visit them very often because we all lived in Philadelphia. My family and my father's parents and my mother's mother lived with us and she would visit very often because she lived less than a half a kilometer away. She would always, she would visit. And for anything that she did for us, my mother would thank her, my father would thank her. It was not from being told to be grateful, but from seeing. It was, it was the axiom, do as I do, not as I say. I'm not going to teach you to be grateful. On the other hand, if someone out of the family does a kindness, then you have an obligation to remind your child to say thank you. But you don't have to remind your child to say it to you. If you, you don't have to remind them. You be the shining example. You be the lantern which lightens their darkness. You be the lantern with your example, but not. You don't have to tell them to either be grateful and you don't have to tell them to be respectful. It gets a little, little thorny when, God forbid, they demonstrate ingratitude or they demonstrate disrespect, then they have to be told. But if they're just not being grateful, that's not ingrateful. That's not ungrateful. That's not ungrateful. That's uh, different. That's uh, distracted. Or lack of sensitivity. A lack of sensitivity or so much involved in the goodness that you gave them that they don't have time. They don't, they don't, they're distracted from saying thank you. But ultimately, at a certain age, they do say thank you. I, I went to a dentist more than once, the same dentist. His wife was the, was the technician, was the dental assistant who stood next to him. During the time that he dealt with my teeth, at least 75 times he said thank you to his wife. For every instrument that she handed him, he said thank you, thank you. At least 75 times. And that, that was a root canal. If it was a standard ca- cavity, less time, it was 55 times. But this was an un... And his children are gems wow. of proper behavior. So role modeling. Role modeling is the key. Yes, right. I thank you very much for having me on your show. And I'm very grateful to you. And I'm very grateful to all the listeners who take the time to listen to Montana's podcasts or whatever they're called. And I hope that you enjoy both the entertainment and the life which is enriched by the guests and the hostess whom you listen to. Thank you very much. Wait, I, mean, I, have, a, I have another question. <laughs> let us all be well. Okay. I have one more, I have a, uh, one more question, but if you let me two That's more questions. Okay. I will take that as the goodbye for later, but I wanted to ask you, what is the highest form of gratitude that you ever experienced? That I ever experienced? To yourself, that someone showed you. What is something that stuck in your mind and you say, I want to be like that person, they, that, like an incredible act of gratitude that made such an impression by you that you're trying to get there or that you're not trying to get there, but it made an impression and you'll never forget. 
forget because you usually mark these things and you know when it happened, what day, where you were, what you were wearing, how old you were, how the other person was. Like you have everything in your encyclopedia in your mind. I mean, gratitude towards me or going to be gratitude towards that I witnessed towards anything. Towards let's let uh, I thought it would be towards you, but if you don't remember something specific to, towards you, we can we can go with any act of gratitude that you were envy you were you were envying of that um, level of gratitude. I was, envy, I was envious of, of that level of gratitude. Yeah. Um, well, I without gratitude, there's there were issues in which in which a parent a parent of one of my students. I never realized that the student had difficulties and I always treated him with the very best attitude that I can. And, and the parent and the child's mother, the child's mother went out of her way to tell the principal that she cannot allow the term to come to an end without telling the principal that her child is alive and well because the positive, the positive way in which I dealt with him and his difficulties. I didn't know about this. I treated him in the way that I felt he needed. Was their capable children simply need less, simply need, need less attention, less need less attention, and he more attention. So I gave them more attention. When the principal, the principal saw me, and he told me that Mrs. So and So had come to his office says, what did you do for the boy? That's as if, as if he was born without a heart and you gave him a heart. What, what did you do? I said, really, Mr. Principal, I didn't do anything special for him. I dealt with him like, uh, like I deal with all the students. And uh, they, this mother thought that it was special, so she came to you. Who knows, maybe other mothers felt it was special, but didn't come to you. They were teachers, they were parents who did come to me, and then I'll, I will tell you, I was, I, I lived in a community which needed a teacher. And somebody came to me and said, why do you have to travel so far to school where you are? Here, it's right in your community, give up that job and come each in our school. And I said to him, at the end of every year, it works out that one parent comes to me at the end of the year after report cards are given out on that last day of school and says to me, sometimes with a gift and sometimes without a gift, and says to me, I am so grateful for what you did for my child that it would be a violation of every moral and ethical code if I didn't come to you to thank you. I simply want to thank you. And I would say to them, thank you very much. It's very meaningful to me that you came by. So I said to this individual who asked me to change jobs, I said, that thank you gives me the battery, electrical energy to start the next year and be a teacher the next year. That attitude, that one thanks. Mm -hmm. And I know the community here, I'm not going to get it here. It's not going to happen in this community. I know the people here. They're not going to say thank you. If anything, they'll say, you did almost what you should. That would be their comment. The next year, two parents came to say thank you. Wow. I, felt, I felt, oh my gosh, God is my side. And maybe, maybe I am a good teacher. Well, God taught me a lesson. The third year, nobody came. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting so for the punchline. <laughs> a perfect 
Average of one per year. <laughs> next question. So, That's okay. it? No, no. So the next question is, what legacy do you want to... If you have one, one um, legacy from all of your stuff, forget the gratitude now. Um, if you had one legacy you want to leave with the world that you were known for, what would that be? What would that be? Which I would like to be... On my tombstone or on my eulogy? Um, at least not no, because you don't want a eulogy. You told us very clearly that you don't want a eulogy and very few words on the tombstone, so it wouldn't be there. So um, how about things that people will remember and say, because of Yushal Pupko or Yushal Pupko taught me or I'm continuing, I saw this by Yushal Pupko, I learned it from Yushal Pupko, something that you want to be known by when you, as, a, as your legacy of improving humans, I would say. Actually, I would hope that I would be deservant. I don't know if I am, but I would hope to be deservant of praise in the eyes of the Almighty and his creatures on earth to be remembered as a person who always repaid favors and kindnesses and beyond that was willing to be kind to those people to whom I owed nothing. Wow, wow. But I think like if anybody knows you, and our, I don't know if a lot of our listeners know you, they, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people came through your house before they knew you and you gave them with a full heart and with a full hand. I, I think libraries can be filled with books, with um, stories that came through your house. So I think there is something to be said about that, that you are one of those that if somebody can say, what what did you learn from Yushal Pukko, they would say, a give with a full heart, a smile, a hug, and maybe a snack and a good joke, a warm feeling. But um, I want to end with, with thanking you for teaching me gratitude because as much as I give it, I feel like I gain from it. And I gain knowing that when I'm, I'm grateful to give and I'm grateful that I have the opportunity and knowledge that my father and mother taught me the importance of gratitude. And not only to humankind, but to God. And we didn't discuss it at all, the, the gratitude to God, but I think it comes hand in hand when you realize that when you get everything from God and everything you have is because of God, that's where um, a humble humility comes in and you realize yes. that you're just a byproduct of it and you're just like the funnel that comes from God and you're the messenger of the gratitude, but you were chosen, you decide to be that messenger. So there's a big relationship between humility and gratitude. And when you give so much gratitude to God, it's easy to give with an open hand to others because you realize that you're basically a funnel. Spontaneously, I'm thinking that a good rule, I'll have to think about this for several years, rule for interpersonal relationships and man almighty relationships would be, would I be proud if my child did what I'm doing? Nice. And if you use that as your yardstick in America or meter stick in Europe and Israel, if you use that as your calibrator, perhaps you will be guided to do what is right, once again, in the eyes of man and God. Amen. Thank you for joining me here today. And thank you for uh, sharing your um, background behind gratitude that I can understand, my audience can understand where it's driven for, from. And, and you really, really gave, it's in our DNA. It's really in our DNA. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to give your father and I think his father some 
credit. I don't, I'm not going to give you all the credit because I do know that in the Pupko family in general, not only you, um, the word hakaratatov is, is like a staple. It's like a signature that if you don't have it, you're like, you're deformed. Like something's wrong with you. Like you, you cannot come into our tribe of the Pupko family if you are not good with hakaratatov, which in, in English is gratitude. So I think it comes from previous generation because I think all of your cousins and their, and your uncles had it. And you're just like, you're, you're passing it along, and, but you're doing a very good job. But I'm proud, I'm proud to come from such roots. And uh, I'm proud of the fruits that are coming from my trunk. Yes, yes. Thank, thank you, you very much for having me. And thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.